Welcome to Disruptive Narratives. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Lewis. In these episodes, we will be highlighting people who are impacted by histories and systemic processes of neglect and disinvestment, but do not often have a seat at the table and may not feel seen. This is a space for people radically reimagining a path forward, but not necessarily a space for those who are unpersuaded by the need for a better world where Black futures matter. We are focused on sharing perspectives that are often unshared or unheard because they challenge what we think we know. In this program, guests are the experts of their own reality. Tiffany Robertson was a member of the Advisory Council on the Missing and Murdered African-American Women Task Force here in Minnesota. Robertson is an advocate in every sense of the word. In her career, she has served youth in her community as a program manager, counselor, mentor, and administrator, meeting youth and supporting them wherever they are, oftentimes in crisis. Tiffany is a survivor with an amazing story that all Black women and girls hello, should hear. Hello, I am honored and humbled and filled with a lot of joy um, because I have the pleasure of sitting here with Tiffany Roberson today, who was an advisory council member in the Missing and Murdered African-American Women Task Force work here in the state of Minnesota. And for those that do not know, um, in 2021, the state of Minnesota created the Missing and Murdered African-American Women Task Force, first of its kind in the nation. Um, myself, my organization, Research in Action, partnered with the Missing and Murdered African-American Women Task Force to lead the writing of the legislative report, which was submitted December of 2022. Um, so when Research in Action was asked to help lead and support the work, um, they let us know, the state let us know that the task force um, would be created. And this is a space that was filled by appointment. So the Department of Corrections um, commissioner made those appointments and folks applied. Um, Research in Action only agreed to participate in this project if we created a mirrored council led by Black women who would guide the task force. And I had the honor of working with an advisory council of Black women and girls um, who are both survivors, um, members of, family members of those that have lost loved ones and that have experienced multiple forms of violence at the hands of both systems and for some, the ones they love. And I have the opportunity um, today to talk with Tiffany Roberson, who was in the council, who herself has her own um, important and rich story to share. But I think what's critically important in starting this conversation is to understand that when having this engagement with Black women and girls, research and action chose strategically to take an asset-based approach versus a deficit-based approach. And in short, what that means is we resist the idea that the only way to talk about or engage with Black women and girls is to assume, A, they are the problem and or perhaps the statistics that tell us that Black women and girls are suffering the most, whether it's in maternal health 
or increased rates of youth in the juvenile system. Um, that is not the totality of the Black woman and girl's story. What is most important is that we start off talking about what Black women and girls, what they're joyful about, what they bring to their communities, how they build up their communities and their families, and are also the glue that holds this community together. So the first question I would like to ask Tiffany is what brings you joy? Um, this is a great question. Thanks for asking. Um, the the one thing that that my ultimate joy comes from my children. My kids bring me so much joy, and um, I I don't know where I'd be without them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also um, just the 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 idea of being a resource and help to others that brings me joy helping others and um being there for 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 people i really appreciate you sharing that and that's pretty telling because when we first got in the room you let us know that you were on call for uh the crisis phone line yes um <laughs> uh, so i think that's also an important part of just who you are and how you lead your life. Uh, it sounds like you have chosen vocationally to make yourself accessible to folks who are in crisis. Yes. Yes. Why is that what you've chose? Um, that my, my own lack of, right? Mm. Um, just the lack of having that support and that um you know, that for myself, you know, so I feel compelled to be that because I didn't have it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I am, I take pride in, in, in doing the work that I do. Okay. I appreciate that. So you have built a career working with young people. Yes. In need of counseling, protection, and support. Yes. What brings you joy about this work? But then what is really challenging mentally, emotionally, and spiritually about this work? So the 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 most is seeing those micro um success stories, right? Um mm-hmm. it's it's is minor for some, but major for those that are going through it, right? Mm-hmm. And so um just seeing the the progress and the 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 um the uh, success that comes out of um, being 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 there for mm-hmm. for people is one of the things that really really brings me joy and um, it keeps me driving. You know, uh, one of the challenges, uh, which is very is so many, but mm-hmm. uh, one of the, one of the challenges is um, just the, again the lack of of. Um, resources and the lack of uh for for mainly mostly african-american um Mm -hmm. young girls and 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 women um and not having sometimes the 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 resources there or the answers or the um support there for those particular needs um 
and 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 the support from legislation you know the mm-hmm. the the system you know the lack of support from the the, the system that is built you know mm-hmm. so yeah and you know that very kind of on the ground um reality that you're experiencing as you're trying to support young black women and girls showed up in strong ways when we did our research um for those that have not had a chance to check out the report or hear more about the stories that we collected, one of the things that we found really early on when we looked across the country at where the resources for Black women and girls were at, one thing that we found, which maybe shouldn't shock some of us, is that most of the efforts in our state and across other states were led by either one Black woman or a group of Black women who had no money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, So we would find all these amazing websites and resource tabs, folks doing their own research, documenting whether it's missing children, um, trying to get support group resources for families. And we'd reach out to go like, this is dope. Like, who's supporting this work? Who are you partnering with themselves? Mm -hmm. Yep. We found this all across the country. Um, and this is also connected to why one of our recommendations is about resourcing yes. Black women-led work yes. um, that is aimed to supporting uh, Black women and girls um, experiencing violence. Because it's often us. Yes, it is. Um, out of love, out of commitment to community that create these support groups or spaces for resources with no help or support. Yeah. Um, so... But your sharing is very real, um, and we really tried to raise that up in the report about a need to invest yes. um, in those efforts. This is Disruptive Narratives. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Lewis. Disruptive Narratives is a co-production of J and Amperth, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. As you are supporting young Black women and girls in your daily work, how are you seeing their stories remind you of your own? <sighs> yeah. Um, so, so being being um, one that has experienced a lot of things that our young people, the young people that I work with, have experienced, um, and one of them is 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 being a survivor of trafficking, and um, I, I've, I've found that um, sharing that with my youth, sharing um, that I've had similar to same experiences, um, have have helped cultivate that um, relationship building and that trust within um, the work that I I do with them. So it's hard to talk about, but is important as well, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I share accordingly, I share with <laughs> the ones that, um, that, that, that really need to know. Um, and my young people, um, the passion that I have for my young people, I, I, I keep it a thousand and one hundred with them on where my life, where I have been and where, what my life experiences, um, are. And, um, they find that they find, they, they appreciate that. Okay. You know, so. So what advice would you give um, to all of us about how we are supposed to properly engage and support 
a young person who ex- is experiencing, um, who is either a survivor or is experiencing being trafficked, what do you say we should be doing? And then what are the signs we should be paying attention to? So one of the things that I think is important is to use a trauma-informed approach, right? Okay. Um, and 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 that's just, I mean, we a lot of people have good intentions, but you have to have more than good intentions when mm-hmm. um, when dealing with uh, individuals um, that 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 are survivors or that have uh, been in life. Um, one of the things that uh, I have. Um, really, really, that's really uh, been heavy on my heart in this time, like mm-hmm. this, I, I'm not going to, I'm a little older, but this time, <laughs> yeah. um, social media, mm-hmm. you know, social media is, is, is one of the places where um, exploitation is, is, is normalized, right? You, you have, mm-hmm you know, you see so much of the exploitation of children on social media and it's like, it's, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, you, you got young girls making these only fans pages mm-hmm. and, um, ex, uh, you know, sharing their locations and their, the daily, you mm-hmm. know, activities on social media. And that is not the safe, that that is not safe to do. Um, we, we definitely have to watch this social media Mm-hmm. Um, thing because social media is really, really, really a huge piece mm-hmm. for our young people today mm-hmm. um, to 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 easily get involved with um, or or easily be um, targeted or groomed, mm-hmm. um, and and so just you know for my my thing is you know it starts at home mm-hmm. you know it starts at home. Um, and, and understand that it can happen to anyone. There is no, Mm. there is no, uh, profile for, Mm. (laughs) you know, for, um, someone that is, Mm. you know, prone to being trafficked or, um, at risk of, or, you know, there's no, there's no, um, profile. So I, I would say it, you know, Mm. be mindful of what, um, your loved ones are doing young people and you know we uh, adult women are you know I found have been you know groomed and vulnerable in in mm-hmm. certain place spaces and mentally you know just not you know mm-hmm. um strong enough to you know understand what they're getting themselves into or what a person is doing to groom them Right. And some of those things, it could be, oh, I'll buy you this and I'll buy you that or I'll take care of you or, you know, it it can be a form of a boyfriend or even Mm -hmm. parents, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. sad to say what parents are, you know, Mm -hmm. like they sometimes they don't even know it themselves that they're um, grooming their child when when they're, you know, Put putting videos together for them to either you know mm. dance or whatever you know it's just like those things is a thin really thin line when it mm-hmm. comes to um, having fun with your child and just sharing some fun moments and mm-hmm. actually like exploiting your child for you know something that is not uh, healthy at all. Okay. If okay. no, it does make sense. This is disruptive narratives. I am your host, Dr. Brittany Lewis. 
Disruptive Narratives is a co-production of Camo J and Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you reflect on your own experiences, because you just use this framework of how we are being groomed, whether we know it or not, mm -hmm. the process for us to your level of comfort, what did you not know then you were being groomed for? I, I did not know then that I was being groomed for um, um, being trafficked. And be, if that. And what were the tactics of grooming? Oh, so the tactics were, um, you know, you have, you, you, when anytime that you are exchanging um, some type of favor, either sexual favor or some type of favor, for a place to live or mm -hmm. food or as, to survive, mm -hmm. that is, you know, we we think that, oh, I have to do this because I have to survive. Mm -hmm. I have to. But those are things that um, people take advantage of, mm -hmm. you know, um, and and young, young, especially with young people. Mm -hmm. um, being being homeless and at risk of is um very is is very dangerous for our young people to be um in a position or in a place to be vulnerable and groomed and and caught up with um the wrong people or the people that um see their situation and and, and want to mm -hmm. take advantage of the way um what what take advantage of their situation and, and gain something, gain some type of uh, wealth or some type of money from mm -hmm. it. So I'm not sure if you are aware of this. A few years back, Dr. Lauren Martin partnered with um, Alika Galloway, who is a co-pastor at Liberty Church and owner of Northside Women's Space. Oh. Um, and they did a and a kind of engaged study on sex trafficking in North Minneapolis. And they found that the average age, particularly for Black girls entering, was 14. And it was because it was more common that they were couch hopping or looking for a place to sleep in exchange yeah. for food, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That that was the most common entry point for Black girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. I... Um, so myself uh, at 18, uh, I was aging out of foster care mm -hmm. and um, straight from foster care right into the life. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and okay. being like in the hands of an individual that was much older than me, mm -hmm. um, an individual that I saw as protection for me. Um and um, I felt like I needed that person, right, um, to survive. And that person did not have, you know, that that was that that the person's intentions were not good with me. It was strictly what can I benefit from this person's situation? From my, what can that person benefit from my situation? And what can I do for that person? Um, for that person to live comfortably, right? Mm -hmm. um, and just not really having the um, the um, I I guess the uh, co confidence mm -hmm. 
within myself to um, find other ways um, to um, to to survive and to find other ways. And back then, we didn't have anything like any services. The most mm. was like drop centers. You know, you can go and shower and stuff like that. Okay. But um, we didn't have any. See, there was no safe harbor. There was no missing and murdered African American Women's Task Force and advisory, you know, council. Mm-hmm. There was nothing, okay. and so um, just, just, just having to just, mm-hmm. you know, feel like feel like I had to do that to to live, mm-hmm. you know, to survive, and so um, okay. yeah. Okay, I'm curious. How do you feel about the word survivor? being used as a label for your lived experience? Used as a label um, can can, can kind of be, uh, I have mixed feelings about that because, you know, typically when um, a person, you know, see that on your title, mm-hmm. it's, they automatically think they know your story, right? Okay. They automatically assume okay that they know you or they know mm. what you've been through. And, you know, so it's an assum- assumption that people have of you when they just see the the word survival, mm-hmm. uh, survivor. So, um, however, um, I think it's important for people to know that okay. about me as well. Okay. Um, uh, without judgment, right. Without assuming. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you give us an example about when you feel like someone placed assumptions on you and you heard it and what they said to you or how they engaged with you? Yeah, so it's um a, it, I call it the pity party, right? Okay. They have like okay. this like pity <laughs> okay. party, like, oh, whoa, you, you know, okay. like, and it's like you don't even know. <laughs> like I haven't even shared anything with you, but okay. um, but just it's just the 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 idea of like oh whoa you um and you know the the whole um you know you you must it, it must have been you know um really hard for, you must have gotten on drugs and 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 mm. and and been mm. you know how long have you been clean and I was like no I didn't do drugs <laughs> so what is so that? right so okay. um just just some of those just uh, it, it blows me sometimes, but no, I I, I yeah, I just um, you know mm-hmm. call it out for what it is. You know, I, I address it as it comes, and you know it, it is what it is. But I, right. it, those are some of the things that I just you know I, I kind of cringe when I like hear like uh, no, that's very much understandable. Yeah. I can only imagine. And how are the young folks that you are supporting navigating this? <sighs> young people are so resilient. Okay. Oh. They are so amazing. Um, and they are so um resourceful, right? Okay. Um are, the young people that I work with, they um they teach me so much. You know, I okay. you know, I you, you think you go into, you know, some 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 situations and you, you know, you would hope that someone learns something from you, but mm-hmm. I learned so much from my young okay. people. And um and they they have um, kind of almost kind of built their own community uh, of support 
And um, and it is it, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch because it's like these are like, although they're like only 17 percent of our population, this is like 100 percent of our future. So like all the things, just seeing all the things and the resources that they come up with for, for themselves, mm-hmm. I think should be is important to be implemented in the work that is to come and that okay. is, is happening right now. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. They're very resourceful. You mentioned that your young folks, um, they're creating their own kind of support networks, it seems like. And I'm wondering for yourself, whether it was leaving foster care and getting into the life, what did support networks look like? For myself? For yourself. Um, it wasn't... I've been on my own okay. my whole life. Um, I, I, I never stayed in a, uh, so I went from nine to 18 in foster care, never stayed mm-hmm. in one foster. I mean, in between back and forth with my, my bio mom, okay. um, but never really stayed anywhere more than like two years. Right. Okay. So I've always been bounced around and not really, I've never really felt, um, mm-hmm. the support that I felt like I needed, okay. you know, I, it, it never was there. And so that's where the, Oh man, the drive come from, you know, like I just want to be that support that I just never had, you know, and I had to gain that through just my own knowledge of, Mm -hmm. right. And parenting, you know, parenting is being, becoming a mother, um, really helped me, you know, so yeah. I, I agree. My oldest Brooklyn is now 14 and my first year, her first year of life. I say, if I hadn't had Brooklyn, I would have floated away. Yeah. I've told people this many times. Mm-hmm. There's something about um, becoming a mother, if you lean into all that is beautiful and difficult yes. about it, <laughs> yes. that teaches you about who you are and teaches you about what your values really are. Because yeah. then you have to stand on them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've learned um, a lot. From my children, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a very young mom. Okay. I had my first child at fourteen, or I, I got pregnant at fourteen. I had her at fifteen, okay. and um, I had to learn a lot on my own. Um, mm-hmm. And not having—I mean, I had um, adults around that would give me advice, right? Mm-hmm. But not that's consistent support person mm-hmm. right um or persons um but my children were always there mm-hmm. you know my my kids were always there my daughter um being my first child ah man I I just learned so much and I just wanted to give her the best life that I could possibly give her mm-hmm. and um that um that just kind of made me just view life and things very different and whatever it, it was to that I had to do for her mm-hmm. um to live comfortably and to um thrive in a healthy space that's what I did you know mm-hmm. I, I made that happen and and I think I broke a few generational curses okay <laughs> say it again <laughs> that's very important so I yeah I I'm I'm um I'm so grateful for my kids I love that I love that. I love that. 
To hear the second part of our conversation, visit camojfm.com. Disruptive Narratives is a production of Camo J Radio and Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities. Made with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund, hosted by Dr. Brittany Lewis, produced by Miranda Wilson, edited by Abdi Muhammad, music by Jerome Rankin. <laughs>